You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back with episode 105. Episode 105. And for 105, we actually have something a little bit different that we did this uh, podcast. So it was kind of a cool experience. Tyler, you want to tell everybody what we are uh, up to? Yeah, we talked about it last episode, but we were coming off the session, or last week the session, that we actually played with one of the listeners who came from out of state, which was a first for us. Yeah, that was uh, really cool. Uh, Matt from Tennessee, I mean, a shout out to him. Enjoyed playing with him. And had a really good time over at KD one hundred and one. Is we always do at KD one hundred and one. Uh, it was. It's kind of interesting, just because you have that kind of anticipation, or I mean, maybe even almost nerves whenever you meet somebody online. Like when they're like, "Oh, I'm a listener. Do you want to play?" And I'm like, "I don't know who's gonna show up." <laughs> I'm like, "I don't know who's gonna show up." I don't know if I want to be associated with this person. <laughs> Is it gonna be like some random crazy guy? I don't know. Right. <laughs> so. I definitely had, I mean, God, I mean, I'd even call it anxiety. Whenever I went on to his Instagram and saw he only follows the podcast and your personal Instagram, I was a little hesitant. <laughs> yeah, I was, that must be like a second, like, Instagram from, uh, from him, right? I mean, I'm there's a, no way I'm like the number, <laughs> I'm the one person somebody follow. I mean, zero chance that that's it. So, I mean, I just assumed that that was like a, ra- like a random Instagram, uh, like a second one or something like that. Yeah, I think he said he doesn't use Instagram really, except for to, uh, keep up with the podcast which we don't even post as much as we should on there so for matt we'll post something well there we go (laughs) i'm like i couldn't even get to my message i mean i know like i mean you know at 42 social media (laughs) is not really my thing so although i guess there was a lot of 42 year olds who it is their thing but it is not mine so uh, yeah i have no idea how to go about that (laughs) yeah but it was pretty cool to uh well i guess i should have just assumed anyone who listens to our podcast they definitely studied the game because Matt was pretty good. <laughs> oh, yeah. He made a lot of moves that I thought were, were pretty good. Actually, I'm going to get into one of uh, a hand that was a three-way hand with me and him that was definitely different. Yeah. I mean, if anything, man, playing with him, I mean, really makes me want to get back and study a little bit harder because, I mean, he was definitely in there battling, and I was like kind of – it's easy to kind of get complacent with your game. And just kind of do the same thing over and over again. Um, but, you know, having someone come who studies and is talking about different hands, different situations, really makes me want to get back in there and start. Um, I mean, you act like we don't do that. We literally have a podcast where we talk about different hands, different situations every single week. Well, I mean, you do not tell me that you could get back into this, right? <laughs> well, get back into really grinding the studying, I guess. Yeah, you don't study near as much as you used to, right? Oh, 100%. I mean, it's one of those things where you start grinding more hours and then it takes away from the studying, which whenever you're winning is good, but whenever, but I feel like it's easy to become complacent and just kind of fall into old habits or might not even be good habits. But if anything, I just, after that session, that really kind of motivated me to kind of get back after it a bit. Yeah, I've noticed me and you fall into different pitfalls. You fall into the pitfall a lot of where you just kind of stop studying on and more playing and just not really paying attention to it. 
I get to the point where I'm either studying so like too many things, and it's kind of better just to study one thing, not one exact thing, but if you're studying too much, you kind of just overload on everything. And I think just, you know, kind of focusing in is where I need to, where I, I guess, learn the best. Because I notice we, our pitfalls are very different. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you overcorrect and I just fall back into random old habits. But on, but still, the session was really fun. I ended up having a pretty big winning session. Was talking a lot with you and Matt. Didn't take as many notes as I had normally would. But I did have one pretty interesting hand for you. Okay, um, definitely. Uh, I've got a couple different, mine weren't hands, but more situations. But uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing this hand. So I have pocket kings in the big blind. The whole table limps to me. But sorry, but before it gets to me, the small blind makes it 10. Okay. What are you doing here? Uh, I just make it a regular raise to 30. Even with all those limpers behind? Because you're not really limp. There, this is one where it's three bet pots. I don't really account for them that much because they're one is the ranges are so weak. I really want their money in there. And number two is it's not like they're priced in. They have three dollars. Once I make this thirty, eh, okay. I, depending if there's a lot of limpers, I might make this thirty five. Just because you will, you could get a lot of action. So I, I think uh, I probably do make this about thirty five or so. But I don't go crazy with it. They're not priced in that much, and they're having such a weak range of not raising in any way, form, or fashion that for the most part, I do want some of these limpers in there. I make it 50. Okay. Everybody calls. Well, it's killing my... Uh, yeah, I know. I was thinking that. <laughs> yeah, killing my argument here. <laughs> Everybody calls. I now have basically a pot size bet left in my stack. It goes to show how great poker is in Texas. Like, this is a perfect example of how great poker is. When you can have limpers, people who could not raise at all, a ton of them, only could call $3... You make it 50 as a three bet, and you still get that much action. Really goes to show how great poker is, but go ahead. Everybody calls. Now I'm thinking, am I shoving every flop? Like, I only have a pot size bet. I don't know what I'm folding really to. Um, but, okay. So the flop comes deuce of spades, deuce of hearts, nine of hearts. Um, the small blind who had made it 10 now donked into me 55 with 200 behind. I definitely wasn't on that you should be jamming every flop, but I mean, I think now you're jamming. Okay, good. That's, that's what I did. I put him all in, which was, I mean, my all in as well, because now we're pretty short stacked here because yeah. this is still at the beginning of the session. So I'm not, I'm not really that deep at all. Um, it folds all the way around. Everyone who called the 50 folds. And he calls and just um, the flush bricked. That was it. And um, he just never showed his cards. Okay. So, I mean, we we can say he either had, well, I can't queen. I mean, I mean, he either has a flush draw. I mean, it says a small blind is one guy who raised. I mean, maybe 10-9, jack-9. But either way, I mean, I thought the hand was well played. Like, if... 
he doesn't bet that much into you. I might like a small bet to get some, especially on this flop where it's, yeah, I mean, you kind of want to get some action here and then jamming the turn. Uh, but once he bets 55, I mean, you can't really raise without being super pot committed. And I think a call would be a little too weak. So, yeah, I like how you played this. Thanks. I mean, that was basically the only, I thought that was just an interesting spot with all the limpers calling. Cause I remember just thinking like, am I going to be playing for stacks on the first hand? I mean, or the first hand I'm involved in. Uh, well, how much did you buy in for at that point? 400. So, I mean, once you make it 50 and what, I mean, was it four to the flop? It was like six. I mean, I that's think what I'm you, saying. I'm just, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I mean, it's very tough. Cause I mean, if you see an ace, I mean, even an ace, I'm kind of, I guess you, if you see an ace, you're kind of scared, you're kind of nervous here with six people. Cause I mean, people could limp like ace four offsuit and stuff like that. And just because they uh, limp doesn't really mean they don't have aces in their range. Uh, yeah, I mean, it could have been a super weird spot. Luckily, luckily, you got a really good flop for it. Yeah, no, I would just, I mean, like I said, that was just basically the most interesting hand. The other ones were just kind of, um, I mean, situations that didn't really involve any decisions. Ended up having a pretty big win um, with like just under eight hundred dollar win. Oh wow, that's a pretty pretty damn nice win. Uh, for me on this, I mean, there was a theme of the session. I have a... There was one where it just limps to me in the big blind. I have 10-3 suited, and I'd obviously just check. I flop 10-3. It comes around, but it was a limp pot. So I bet, and I bet, like, fairly big. Because, I mean, in limp pots, I usually bet fairly big. Do you remember the other card on the 10-3 flop? Uh, it was, I think, under a 10. I mean, it might have been like a 6 or so. I know at the end it got very connected. So, uh, I bet fairly big as I do in small pots. Kind of an exploitative deal. The bigger the pot is, the smaller you can bet and get value. The smaller it is, the bigger you can bet. Uh, I get a ton of calls. The turn is kind of a weird, it's like a jack, which makes like kind of weird, you know, two pairs or whatever. Uh, I bet fairly decent, decently again, I get a ton, a ton of calls. Well, the river's a queen. So it's now like 10, 8, jack, 3. Just a very connected, very... I mean, there's now like straights available. There's now a lot of two pairs available. A player leads out for 50 into what is now a pretty big pot. Then another player calls. So I'm like, well, I don't know that people are going for value on something so connected with so many cards with just one, with just uh, one pair here and I've got basically the shittiest two pair available I go ahead and fold and see that both turned to queen and both I just had one pair one had ace queen which is weird in a limp pot but uh, I mean it was one of those that is it the right fold I was getting pretty good odds is this the right fold and they just happen to you know be overvaluing their hand a lot or is it just should this be a fold for the price you were getting in that specific hand i like the call here and here's kind of my thought on this is um if you're gonna flop two pair because i remember the price was very good it was very good 
my thought was, was still is, um, that if you get unlucky enough to where you lose this hand and you flop two pair and I kind of wanted to say this kind of where you just go out on your shield kind of thing and call the one fourth pot size bet. I guess for one fourth pot, I mean, it's hard to argue because I mean, everybody, I mean, they had just had a queen. I mean, I do feel like the majority of the time you're going to lose this pot. I mean, the question I guess is, are you going to win it like the 20, 25% you enough to break even? I didn't think so at the time, but I mean, obviously that was one of them. So maybe so. I mean, interesting spot. I mean, would have loved to see that guy raise the $50 to make your fold really easy, but. Uh, yeah, it was very. Uh, I mean, he would have way out of line with his exact hand, but then it would have been an easy decision to just fold. But I don't know. I think if I'm just going to get cooler like that for that price, kind of just, I mean, cry, pay it off, and then kick the table in bad luck. I mean. I mean, it was one of those things that, like, the call behind it, I well, I guess the call can only be so strong because it's not a raise, so it's never a straight or anything like that. Because uh, if someone bets uh, the other guy folds, I think I'll just call this almost all day long. Easy call, yeah. Uh, but when he bets and gets called on this board, I was just like, well, I don't know what I'm beating now. It's one of those that your hand just gets worse and worse. So, uh I don't, I mean, I guess you can say I overfolded there. Uh, I don't know if it's, a, I mean, like you say, probably per the odds, probably should be a call. Although I do think it is kind of close. Yeah, like I said, I think it's close, but given, given such great odds, um, I don't, I mean, it is tough. It was still pretty early in the session, right? It's still fairly early, yeah. So you haven't quite seen how these players play yet, which might exploitatively you just folding the right amount like that might be a good fold as we played more it was pretty obvious that that would have been a call right because i remember seeing those guys play then thinking that you know they're i don't want to say out to lunch but you know kind of overplaying some hands yeah i mean i don't really make here well i'll make hero folds on the river here and there against bad players but not so much well I don't know. It very, it, like I say, it was a very close one. Uh, but I had a couple situations very similar. Like one was with uh, our listener, Matt. It comes around, and to me, I think I'm in the cutoff. I have King-10 offsuit. I make it 15 as I'm up, up to do. Matt calls, and the big blind calls. Uh, I flop top pair with the 10. It is a super dry board. It is like 10-6-3. I bet and get called by both Matt and the other guy. The turn is, I think, a fairly safe call. I mean, it was like an 8 or something like that. It checks to the. I'm in middle position. It the uh, One player checks. I check it back because I'm a little nervous on what both him and Matt could be having here. I mean, it's like on a super dry board, I'm very kind of cautious because there's no draws or anything like that. I mean, especially when you get called by two players. And one thing about Matt is he was playing exceptionally tight. <laughs> yeah, he was so, playing pretty tight. So uh, I'm, 
I mean, I'm with you on this one. I'm treading light. Yeah. Uh, I check it. Matt bets 50. The other player kind of instantly calls. And I'm like, well, I just don't know. I, I think King 10 is just too... Well, you know what? It was a, I think it was like a jack or something like that. It was it was a kind of a weird card on that turn, if I remember right. But I'm just like, I go ahead and let it go. They're just, it'll, it's not a great situation for me. But he, I think it goes check, check on the river. Or a, but either way, Matt shows down 10-7 for our top pair, lesser kicker for the win. And I overfolded again. So I was just overfolding this session a crap load, which I think against players of like the caliber of at KD101, I think is the right move. But I tell you what, I was giving up a lot of pots that day. Yeah, that was a pretty, uh, that was a well-played hand by Matt. Um, it wasn't an accident that he won that pot. Um, you know how like sometimes I'll say, even if you lose, I like the reasoning kind of how you play a hand or yeah. your, your theory is sound that, you know, you might not have won that time, but I think in the long run, it was a good play. Matt's analysis afterward made me think that he obviously had thought it through, made that play knowing, I mean, he, he called your hand without seeing it actually, which was interesting. Um, that he had, that that was just a well-played hand by him to get that through. Yeah, like I say, and if he bets and the other guy folds, I think I do make the call there on that turn. But once that other guy calls, I just feel like it's just a little too strong to have two of those people in there. So, uh, especially on, like I say, on non-draw-heavy boards where I'm not certain what they, where they could be having. I, I feel like a lot of two pairs and sets and stuff like that. But Well, at least between them, I like this fold. I mean, okay. Well, like, I mean, but, I'm glad you like this one. For it. Glad that I wasn't out to lunch on all these folds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on such a dry board, this one is a little concerning. I don't mind, you know, not stacking off with second pair good kicker. Um, this one, I this one, I think, is just one of those ones that um, how Matt played it, you're designed to lose. Well, yeah. that's good to hear. That's uh, I mean, because you're calling this. I mean, we're just calling everything. Well, that's the thing. I mean, there's a certain point where, you know, like, if you're not folding some of the better hands, then that means you're just giving value everywhere, right? Right. That, that's what I'm saying. So, like, yeah. I mean, that's why I said I like how you played this one. The other one I would have liked to see a call with such good odds. This one, this one, like you said, so dry. I mean, you just really got put in a pickle, and it was because he played it well. So, well, that's good to hear. It's a, I'm glad to hear that you you didn't hate the fold, and let's say if somebody's going to win it, I'm glad it was him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, better that better him than a random dude. Uh, so that was a good, I uh, yeah, uh, pretty pretty interesting fun session. I was I really did enjoy that session. I did not win that session. I don't remember how much I lost. I mean, I just. I was I went from card dead to making bad decision after bad decision. <laughs> that is not going to end up in a winning uh, session. All right, I got a hand for you. Okay, this is coming off the session we just played today. I have um, pocket sevens in the hijack, I believe. Um, whole table limps, not whole table, like four limpers. I make it twenty two. <laughs> um, must have been more than that because I got five calls. 
I was going to say, did you ever think, like, I do limp some small pairs here. Did you think of just over-limping here? I will sometimes, but this just happened to be one where I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is horrible theory where I don't, I didn't want to see it so multi-way, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I mix it up. I mix it up. I'm probably 40% of 30 to 40% of the time in flatting in this exact spot with sevens, but okay. this just happened to be one of the ones where I raised a 22. Okay. Cause I've started kind of overlimping some of these hands because when you get called multiple ways, it's kind of a disaster, right? Yeah. I mean, especially if you're not deep enough to justify it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but go, uh, go for it. Um, so I make it 22. I get five callers. Okay. Really hoping for a seven here. Um, <laughs> the flop comes ace of clubs, five of spades, six of hearts. Um, let's see. So the first guy checks, but then one of the players donks into me. He bets 20. This is a gigantic pot. This is a very small bet into this pot. Right? So... I call, one other guy calls. The turn is a queen of clubs. It checks around. Okay. That's a little bit, well, God almighty, this is so such a weird line for anybody to have. Okay, go for it. The river is the three of spades. The guy bets 50. Okay, uh... 50, I mean, what kind of odds are you... Well, I mean, one, are you the second to act? Here's the big thing. Is there someone to act behind you? Um, let me think. So he... No, no. No, so the other guy folded. So he bets 50, uh, someone folds. Yep. But 50 is not that much into this pot, but the board is ace of clubs, five of spades, six of hearts... Queen of clubs, three of spades. I mean, once he checks the turn, we, I mean, I'm now thinking that maybe he doesn't have an ace here. Uh, but there's not a lot of bluffs that someone would just donk out and lead multi-way into the preflop razor. I'm saying I'm folding here, I think. Because the... This is one of those that I will say, like, the line does not make sense just nonstop, and then I'll call, and they'll just randomly have some something crazy. Like, I mean, they'll he have, will completely have bluffed and end up having, like, a queen or something. I call, and he has jack high. I mean, yeah, I don't... I guess it's a good call. <laughs> I hate that play, and I hate you. Well, I mean, like, well, I mean, we, we just went over that. Like, just because the call was good doesn't mean that it was, that was good that time doesn't mean it's good in the long run. Uh, I will say, I think when he checks that turn, he doesn't have that many aces. But, I mean, randomly betting into, a, like, a bunch of people with just jack Did he have anything? Was it a flush draw or something? Um, I think he had a straight draw to go with it. Okay, uh, at least that makes some sense at that point. Well, good call. Yeah, no, he had he had a straight draw with it. I, th- 
I don't know. He's, I mean, I ended up seeing Jack High, and I was elated to get to show my pocket sevens. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. Here was one that, I mean, this was kind of a tough one for me. Um, I have pocket kings. Same exact player is going to be the villain in this one. I have pocket kings in the, where was I? Let me think real quick. I think I was in a blind again, actually. But I make it 45 preflop over, um, this is a three bet over this guy because he made it like 10 or something. Okay. So the original guy made it 10, one caller. I make it 45. The uh, Both call. The flop comes nine of spades, ten of spades, jack of hearts. Disaster flop for kings. Disaster. I do have the king of spades. Then there's two spades out there? Yes. Uh, this is one that... I'll probably check call. a. Uh, I'll probably check call maybe a, a bet here maybe. Guy donks um, 50 into me again. 50 into you? Yes. And you made it. So he bets about a third pot into you? Yes. 9, 10, jack. So you do have the gutter ball to the queen. You do have a backdoor flush draw. Someone could have, like, queen jack be doing this. There's Is there someone to act behind you? Um. Yes. It might be a little too weak to just fold here. I mean, in all honesty, I wouldn't. I don't hate a fold here at at this point either. But I think it might be a little weak. I think I probably do call one street. I call the other guy calls. God, I mean, this is now a disaster. Okay. The turn is the ace of clubs. The guy now bets a hundred. I mean, at this point, I'm done. Yeah, like I said, this one, this one I did not like. I call the hundred. Other guy folds. The river is a seven of hearts, changing really nothing. Guy then bets a hundred and twenty, twenty-five. Wait, well, it was, it was, it was nine, ten, jack. So seven. It would make an eight a straight now. Oh, sorry, I just put a seven. It was like a three. Oh, okay, sorry. I gotcha. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's yeah the uh it's definitely well. I mean the river. How much does he bet on the river? One hundred and twenty-five. I mean it's just a fold. Yeah, I made a crummy call. Called he had ace jack. Yeah, I mean it's a uh, <laughs> yeah literally exactly what you'd probably expect. Yeah, I mean, well that nine ten jack is such a disaster for a flop. Uh, was it the ace of if it was the ace of spades, I might peel one off on that turn. No, it wasn't. I put him on the same type of... I had don't have the notes, but I had already hero-called him like two or three times on a bluff. Just right. stone bluffs. And I basically just on this hand gave it all back. Which kind of a disaster. I mean, not kind of. Complete disaster. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'll just... Well, I mean, like I say, it's just a... It's a horrible flop. This would be a horrible flop heads up. I mean, it's a really horrible flop three ways. So, it's a... Uh, I don't know. I mean... I do don't mind peeling one on the flop and seeing, because there are a lot of cards that could kind of, I mean, if a spade comes, you're kind of like a random blank spade, like three of spades, you're actually now kind of battling a little bit. 
Uh, the queen obviously makes a straight. So I definitely don't mind peeling one on the flop. But, I mean, the minute that flop comes, I mean, you've just got to be super nervous about what's about to come. Oh, 100%. And this is like you and I always say. Like, this hand basically illustrates that, like, one hero call, even if you're right, sometimes will cost you money because then you want a hero call again. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, used to be real. Uh, yeah, that really gets in my head sometimes. I mean, I hero called this guy three times in less than an hour and was right every time and then gave it literally all back in this one hand. Well... Like, yeah. went exactly back to the starting stack after basically rolling. I mean, because I was up. I mean, I mean, how much did I lose here? 250. I mean, you know, get, literally after this hand, right back to where I started. After I had only played against that guy, Hero called him each time. He bluffed every hand and then put me right back to starting stacks. Like, couldn't I find a fold one time? I mean, <laughs> like, but it's like I Hero called three times because it was awesome. I mean, he just kept bluffing. I just kept calling him, and it was yeah. phenomenal until – this one which is weird because this is like your own like strategy back at you sometimes because i mean you're like i'm gonna bluff and even if i get caught i mean i'm gonna get value later so i mean literally it's like your own little your own strategy back at you so, oh, to a degree 100 percent. i mean i don't know what to say like i mean obviously this hand is easy to i mean easy to find some places to fold well it's, i mean it Given the player type, I mean, it is kind of tough, too. Because, I mean, if you know this player is just blasting away with literally nothing sometimes. I mean, not then, sometimes. I mean, three times in less than an hour. I mean, yeah. that's where I made all my money right when I sat down. I mean, it definitely does make it tougher to fold. <laughs> I guess that does that context is kind of important uh, to this hand. But yeah. I just got carried away with myself and just, I mean, made a super crummy call. Just in hopes that he was just bluffing as he had been doing the whole first hour that I played. Yeah. And this puts me right back to starting stack. Um, and then the one hand that was pretty devastating, I didn't even write notes on it just because I was so frustrated on it. Okay. Um, I'll give you the general breakdown of it, though, because um, really the only spot is the spot we always talk about. Um, I have ace-jack with the ace of clubs in under the gun plus one. I make it 20, get two callers. Flop comes three, five, eight with uh, two clubs. Um, I actually, I down bet and both people call. The turn was a queen of clubs. Checks around. The river is the five of clubs. So now I have the ace high flush on a paired board. Okay. I bet 125. He, then I get raised to 300, other player folds. I'm putting this spot to where no one's really shown any sort of aggression other than me until right now. Um, this is a player where I showed a pretty sweet bluff to um, earlier in the session where he was super interested to see my hand. Mm-hmm. I showed him four high. Um, and now I'm sitting here thinking 125, I have the ace high flush on a paired board. Anything that raises me obviously has me beat. But this is not the player from the hand, the king's hand or anything. That player left. This is a player who's been playing tight the whole time. Not tight, but definitely not splashing around too much here. He's definitely a solid player. He's yeah. definitely. We, we can go ahead and guarantee that this is a profitable player. Yes, I would definitely say that, 100%. So... so 
what are you doing here? I like the bet. I think you have to bet for value here. And I think this is a bet fold situation. I mean, so we know this play. Okay, so we know, like, if this player is a profitable player, he's not doing random stuff. So he's not going to re-raise for value with anything that is that you have beating. So this is one that's either this polarizing. This is either completely a stone cold nothing, which he has shown earlier in the session that he was, you know, that well, this is a profitable player. So we can say he does have bluffs in his range. Yes, I mean, so we have seen bluffs in his range. Yeah. Uh, but never on the the river with a raise like this, but yeah, it's a uh yeah, I mean, I think it's just a fold here. I mean, when this is up here at board, I mean, because I mean, like, and we have to look at it too. Is like their sets are available because, well, you would. I mean, I'll tell you what, it it is disguised very well that he would not re-raise re-raise your flop bet, right? Yeah. I mean, that's... Trust me. I that, I mean, trust me. I was knocking around. That's why it took me so long to decide what to do here. I mean, because I down bet. I would think any set on, you know, that type of board would be raising most of the time. Definitely wouldn't think that they would let me check the turn. Well, I guess the flush got well, there. The turn so, makes more yeah, sense than the yeah. flop to me. No, for sure. I was... Because when you bet you get two calls, well, you think that the flush is definitely available. God dang! Now that the now that I'm the flop, now I'm starting to talk myself into the call, because it just is such an inter, it's such a weird line. It's funny because it's literally the same thoughts I was having. Because uh, normally I know what I want to do almost I don't want to say instantly, but kind of just out of habit. Which again, that autopilot that we talk about that's not great. But this one actually took me a minute because I actually broke down this hand thinking like. Wouldn't any sets raise here? Does he ever have a, f I mean, king five? That doesn't make much sense. Or queen five, whatever. Or, yeah, queen five, that's not a likely boat. Th three five, that doesn't seem likely. I mean, solid player. None of these two pairs are making much sense. The only thing he could have, and what I was thinking in my head, were pocket threes would be the only thing that he could have that makes it here like this. I mean, do you... Super. I mean, I could have called his hand. I mean, because, I, again, I was thinking, is it either pocket threes or I'm winning? But it was a five that paired. It was a five that paired, right? Correct. But the, but the cards that were boats would not have, it would have had to have been a set of, a set of queens. That doesn't seem likely. It seemed like he would have three bet that. Um, pocket threes make sense. I mean, random quad seems unlikely. I don't know. I mean, I when you first made the call, I I thought it would should have yeah, been a spoiler. fold easier fold. <laughs> oh god, yeah, yeah. Well, that's fine. I mean, we got to get to it at some point. Yeah, but. it was. But now, like looking, like I mean, going back to pre-flop. Okay, he would have pocket pairs in his range with your race to ace jack. Then, like on the flop, I think a player like this would be raising most sets. 
that's also a thing. He was fairly intoxicated too. A hundred percent. I mean, that comes into play. I mean, he's a really good player, but I mean, we've all been drunk and done like some. I don't know. I think I did not like the call when you made it. Now, as we're like talking about it, I think maybe you do have to make this call. <laughs> it's funny because before we even started the podcast, you said you liked my King's call. <laughs> and then when we recorded, you said you hated it. You gave me the wrong uh, amounts when you were talking to me the first I time. I think I think I gave you the right amounts. I think my notes weren't as good because I was tilted. Oh, okay. Well, at the amounts you gave me, like, I did like the call because it was like a 10th pot size bet. But then it was because you said 20 and then 50. It was then uh, on the uh, podcast, it was 50 then 100. So oh, it was, yeah, I think it was I the gave amounts you... that I didn't like. Yeah, but I think I mix up my notes just because, I mean, once I lost that hand, I literally have, like, I'm tilted as my next note. Well, that's so, a, <laughs> I can see that. So the king's hand, I think I had the, well, I don't think. I told you the right amount and then mis, misread that one. But this I, one was one where I'm like, okay, at 1-3, check raises on the river. Not check raises, but raises on the river. I mean, I might just have to call this. When this line makes no sense whatsoever, I mean, do I think there's a lot of re-raise river bluffs? Not really. But if I can't pick one handout that is oh, I mean, makes I, any sense, I think I just make... I mean, I think you just have to make this call and lose, maybe. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I literally was like, the only hand that makes any sense is pocket threes. This is what I was thinking in my head. And if I call him, I'm just going to see pocket threes. I call, he turns over pocket threes. I was literally thinking that in my head. Because, like, nothing else gets here. Nothing else is, is here that would win like this. Yeah. I and mean, he had it. I mean, and I guess if you slow play to that degree and you kind of do that, you know, it gets that risky and you get reward. I mean, I don't know. It's. I do think it should be a bet fold scenario, but. I'm having trouble finding like a lot of hands that he would ever have here. Uh, now the question is, does he have more ri river raise bluffs than slow played threes? He probably does have more slow played threes. But... Oh, yeah, that's what to say. He definitely has more nuts here than he does bluffs. But uh, I do think he has some bluffs here. This is a t really tough spot, though. I don't know. I mean, I mean, here's the thing: is if you are folding here, I mean. I guess we're just saying you exploitatively fold to every river re-raise except for when you have the nuts. That's what we're saying. I got to keep saying it because when I bluff, when I check raise in the river, they always call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, very interesting, Ann. Uh I, well, I mean... Very interesting. Very sad hand, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even sadder that I told you the wrong amount side on that king's hand, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, it'll get me action at some point in the long run. There you go. <laughs> uh, I had only one interesting hand from this session. I was card dead horribly. A uh, player who's, I think, fairly tilted. He's not had a good time at this table. <laughs> makes, uh, makes it 20. I have three bet to 60 from a probably middle position. Uh, folds around to him. He calls. You have ace queen of diamonds, right? Ace queen off. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I had the, I did have the queen of diamonds is what I uh, gave you in the notes. Uh, the flop is a complete whiff. It's 10 to high. 
I down bet, as I'm prone to do on this, he checks. I down bet to 40, he calls. Uh, there were two diamonds. I was hoping for a maybe a diamond on that turn or ace or queen. It is a complete brick. He checks. I check it as well. I don't see any value in betting here. I guess I could barrel and get him off of some like pocket eights and stuff like that. I think I need to create a more more barrels in my turn range, actually. I think I need to do that in general. Uh, but a king comes on the river. He checks. The flush draw bricks. Uh, I have played this hand almost exactly how I would play ace-king. I mean, when I was watching this hand, I thought, I mean, I 100% thought you had ace-king here. Yeah, so I was like, well, this ace-king would make a ton of sense. He's now checked. He showed weakness twice. Uh, if he's got, like, some hand with really just shitty showdown value that he would never call here, I bet 130, and he, he folds fairly quickly. I thought that hand was very well played. Uh, Well, appreciate it. I thought that was... It, like, later, I thought maybe I have too much showdown value because the flush draws missed, and I am beating the flush draws. But later, I was like, well, three betting. He actually probably has a lot of sevens, eights, and pairs under a ten, actually. Yeah, I was thinking he probably had some middling pocket pairs, especially with your down bet and checking. So I think... I, I liked how that was played. Yeah, I was, uh, well, I'm glad to hear it. Uh, I had a really, like I say, I was card dead. Not a great session for me. I did main, manage to grind out a $70 win, which, I mean, nothing to write home about, but on a bad session where you're not getting much, you know what? You take any profit you can get. I mean, you want to talk about, though, I mean, we'll close on this, but we'll just talk about it briefly. The most awkward situation at the table is, I mean, I have two players who I would say both are pretty recreational. I would say that. One probably, you know, knows quite a bit more than the other just because the other knows nothing. Right? 100%. I was going to say that as well, that, that one did definitely know a little bit more. Yes. But they get involved in this giant pot, right? And this guy who seemed to have never played poker before. He gets all his money in with a random gutter and drills the gutter in this big multi-way pot and goes just hog wild, right, on his win. Right. And I'm in between these two guys, and, man, they are going back and forth. I mean, it had to be tension so seems so high, right? <laughs> I mean, I was thinking, like, I was like, well, guess who's not showing either of these guys a bluff? Because <laughs> I feel like both of these guys want to hit someone. <laughs> I mean, I think they want to hit each other, but I think they will settle for me if I get too crazy here. Oh, God. I'm going to pull you. I'm going to be like, that would be so funny if you got in the crossfire. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, man, how weird, like, with a player who's obviously like a VIP, right, putting in all their money with a gut shot, just, you definitely want that player I mean, you kind of want both players, but man, it's like, what line do you let them cross? Well, I guess he doesn't even care about keeping the other player in, right? Because it's just, it's like I'm sitting here watching what I think is like a train wreck about to happen. Like, both players leave. Yeah, it was, well, okay, like the the player to your left is the super, 
I wouldn't. I don't know about V. Like he's not really bought in for enough for I would consider VIP VIP. But he is definitely now that he's won chips, he's definitely his VIP scales now way higher. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's that's probably the best way to describe that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. Uh, but he is winning, but he's doing it in just super. He was being very aggressive without like. He wasn't cussing anybody out. He wasn't doing anything. But even, like, the pot you were in with him, like, he raised you to 100 and kind of stared you down. Not in, like, a weird, like, I mean, a very weird stare down in which you called and you were good. It's a, uh, but, I mean, he was very, being very aggressive, talking shit, massive shit whenever he won anything and all that. And... The other, but, but I mean, you kind of want that player at the table. I mean, he's super bad. He's now got chips in front of him, and the he's like, "Well, that guy tried to bluff me, and he can't bluff me." And the guy's like, "Well, I had a set of queens." I'm like, and then starts going at him. I'm like, that's when I realized that they were both fairly recreational because it was like this player. I mean, you could let him talk shit, good, say nice hand, and you know what? They're paying money to be at that table because they're always losing in the long run. Just call it good. I mean, I would have told him, even if I had the set of queens, that, uh, yeah, tried to bluff him and do it again, too. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Be like, I'll get one through. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it was just such an awkward thing because it was like both players you wanted. I mean, one player you wanted more than the other at that table, but it was just so awkward being right in the middle of it. I mean, tensions couldn't have been higher. And it was great seeing you right in the middle of it between them. <laughs> right, right dead center. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I just thought that was, I mean, I guess not really much of a talking point, but it's just super awkward for me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I guess on that note, <laughs> since I obviously have nothing to say about that other than <laughs> I'm happy I didn't get punched, but <laughs> this concludes... Not me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> this concludes the Text Poker Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up. Add time, and we'll see you next week.